This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 33 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and as ever, Gary's with me. How are you getting on? I'm very well, mate. These light nights, absolutely cracking. I've been and had my hair cut today as well and uh, that's normally an ordeal, getting my hair cut. And I, I found a, a hairdresser that I uh, I quite like. Because so, don't you think it's, it's, it, yeah, it's quite it's... a personal thing, isn't it? You know, someone getting close to you and that and if... You know, I've had I've had people do it before, and it it doesn't sit well. It's surprising the things that make me happy these days. <laughs> it's always fun as well when you get you you know you get it done, and then they get they hold the mirror up to the back, and it's like you look at it, and they go, "Is that all right?" You go, "What the fuck have you done to my head? That's fine. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's, you, that's really good." Do you know what? I, it's the only time that it reminds me that I've got a whacking great birthmark on the back of my neck. I never, <laughs> I, I never know, I never ever think about it, and then they hold the mirror up, and it's like, "Oh yeah, look, that little skewed map of Europe's still there. Fantastic." <laughs> Yeah, it's the point as well where I realise that uh, I am getting a little bit older and I'm starting to get a bit of a uh, bit of a reedy going on at the back. But are you uh, really? Yeah, it's it's there. It's noticeable, but you know, as long as I embrace it. I mean, my granddad <laughs> was bald, so I'm, I'm expecting that fully to happen. But uh, we're not here to talk about follicles and all the rest of it. We're here to talk about Lincoln City. And my cat has just popped up again because she's adorable and a little cow sometimes. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about the uh, the Crawley game. Um, I yep. couldn't make it down. But uh, you did, and it sounded like it was a, well, a, a decent display and a decent win. Yeah, do you know what? First of all, full, full marks to the setup at Crawley. I've been really critical of Crawley in the past, mainly because Steve Evans was connected to them and he's an utter arsehole. Um, and I kind of, I, I didn't admire the way that they came through the the, the non-league system. Um, begrudgingly, I'm beginning to realise that it's, you know, it's more common and, and it's not worth getting het up about, but it, it's the Forest Green model. It's all that sort of thing. But mm. the money's gone to an extent and, and, and Crawley are now a, a lower League Two team. Um, but the stadium's cracking. The people were really friendly. Uh, it was easy to get to. There was free parking all around. It was actually a really pleasant away day. Um, it reminded me a little bit more of the National League days because, you know, there was one food outlet at our end and there was a you could still help yourself to drinks out of a fridge and then hand them over the counter. It was like walking in a shop. So, But anyway... The actual game itself, 
um, was as we expected. And I think, and I might be corrected, but I think it's our joint second highest margin of win in the league, isn't it? Because we won by four against Port Vale. And I think three, Swindon and and Crawley. Um, Could have been more. Uh, First half, thought we started, come out of the blocks really well. Um, Probably 10, 15 minutes, thought that we might score, thought their keeper looked ropey, their defence looked ropey. Uh, then they got back into the game. They've got some decent players, you know, and they, they tried to play out from the back. Um, doesn't suit them, uh, but they mm-hmm. can't really play forward to Palmer because he can't head, can he? Uh, got some nice he's- nice wide players as well. I really like Matty Willock. Um, he's on loan from Man United. He's, he's brother of Chris and Joe, who are both going to have big careers, and he's not. Uh, he's going to end up in, in League Two, I think. Um, but he had a good game. Mm. And we nicked the goal before half-time. Um Good goal, Bruno Andrade, obviously continuing his great run. And then, do you know what? In the second half, we just shifted up a gear, and and you suddenly thought, have we been in in fourth gear all this time, and we've we've just slipped into fifth? Because I thought in the second half we looked slick. Um, you know, Danny Rowe missed a great header, and when I say that, it doesn't really ring true. You know, Danny Rowe header, he was everywhere. Genuinely, he, he was like somebody that had messed the bed. It didn't matter where you turn, there was there was remnants of Danny Rowe on the pitch. Um, and I thought uh, I thought everybody had a really good game. Um, it was a good goal from McCartan. I'm not going to. Yeah, there's this tendency, I think, to start getting a little bit overexcited about goals. I, I mentioned uh, who was it last weekend that you really liked the goal? Toffolo, wasn't it? it yes. was Toff's goal, and I'd kind of said good goal, but let's not get over enthused. I've actually changed my mind on that. I watched the build up play a little bit, and it was a better goal than I gave a credit for. Um, McCartan's is just shame what Shea does batted his way through, I thought, um, good finish. And then after that, we, you know, we were comfortable. And in the end, it was, I think it was a comfortable victory. Um, great to see all the other boys, all the other lads dropping points. Okay, and Cadons didn't, but Grimsby did us a favour. Never wanted a Grimsby goal as bad in my life as I wanted one this weekend. Um, <laughs> even called them our county cousins with my tongue firmly in cheek, I think, on the blog the next day. So, um, so yeah, no. do, do you know what? It was just an enjoyable afternoon from start to finish uh, and what mm. what a following I know Danny and the players always pay it lip service every week but you know when you're part of that you don't it's a thousand well over a thousand fans I can't you know, a thousand and seven or something silly like that on a seven hour yeah, round, like seven hour round trip that's league one yeah. support for you right there yeah I mean it was um to me like the, the numbers of people that were going the fact that you get like well, a thousand and seven or whatever the number was, it, just, it it shows. And I think you said it in in the blog today um, about you know the, when we took over a thousand to York in the uh, National League days. It's it's a surprising number when you look at it, but then when you, you well when you look at it from the outside, you think oh, that's quite a surprising number to take for a seven hour round trip. But then when you look at what's happening inside the club and and the way that everything's sort of come together. I mean, we've we've said it before. I've said it before. Um, about the way that the club has has just come together and it's gelled and everything's sort of knitting now and it's it we it, I know that I know it's a, <clears throat> excuse me I know it's a hashtag I know it's kind of a bit of a cheesy phrase but it really is imps as one like everyone's pulling in the same direction now and I think it just seemed to be um, a, another really good number and I know I think at this point we're we're nearly at four and a half thousand for MK Dons which is just phenomenal i mean to take that to an away game in league two i know we did four thousand two hundred was it to county um but yeah four one i mean 
yeah, so it's it's an astonishing number, and um, I can't wait for for MK next weekend. But um, I, I will say I, I agree with you about uh, about McCartan's goal. It's what he does. He he kind of he he, he seems to go through defense uh, sort of defenders a bit like a knife through butter. And I know it's a cheesy phrase to use, but honestly, he, sometimes some of the uh, some of the runs he's made, it's like the defenders aren't even there. He'll just get the ball brush a couple of them off and just waltz through and then put the, you know, either find a shot or or get the pass away. And I think the fact that he's he's got the awareness to do both, and I know there's been a couple of instances where um, other players, you think, oh, you could have had a shot there or you could have passed it there. And I think McCartan seems to get it right more often than not when he when he does get through. Um, I'd like to see him shoot more. Uh, I, I, I think he got a lucky bounce, if I'm honest, if you watch it. Um, and that, mm. that's not me being critical. You need that. But he's run, yeah. what, 50 yards and he's had two players yeah. try and tackle him. Um, and, you know, when we played at home with MK Dons, he tries to get in the area and he's got three people on him before he's at the D. And that's the difference yeah. between the teams at the top and the teams at the bottom. Um, for me, Shea hasn't actually scored enough easy goals. And I think uh, no, if, I, if I, I was critical of him, sorry, go on. No, no, you're right. It's it, He seems to get... He seems to get you know the the ones that get the headlines, um, and he he does that very very well. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Bruno's goal was was not exactly typical Bruno, but he he took it really really well from where he uh, from from when the ball got whipped in, and it was a really smart finish actually from uh, well from inside the box. Great delivery um, by the and way, then, great delivery from the postman. Yeah, what a what a cross that was, and I think he's. He's been, I think he's been a bit quieter this season, Neil Erdley, But he's he's popped up when he's needed to. I mean, obviously there was the uh, the free kick against Cambridge. Um, there's been several crosses that have led to goals or very very close chances, and then there was obviously Saturday as well. So I think, but by by quieter, he's had a couple of bad games, and he didn't last year. Didn't play that well against yeah. Exeter. Nobody did. And I also think because we've had a lot of other players who have stood out, he hasn't as much, and that's what I call the Alex Woodyard syndrome from last season. In that, you know, Woody stood out mm. in the National League, didn't last season because the squad get better, and Erdley hasn't this season because the squad's got better. Whereas in actual mm. fact, he's probably been an eight out of ten in 95% of his matches um, and he'll always get the number of deliveries we get in the box we should be scoring four or five on a regular basis genuinely the number of balls we put in from corners from free kicks all that sort of stuff um, but yeah, I, yeah. He, he, I, I was really pleased with Neil I thought he had a, or pleased for Neil rather um, thought he had a really good game interesting that yeah. different teams of the weeks I've seen have had loads of our di- different players in um, there was a team of the week. I think I saw Neil Erdley in. There was one that I saw Bruno Andrade in. I think um, I've seen Jason, not Jason Strack, or Michael Boswick in one as well. It's just remarkable. Mm. Um, I thought Marco Hara and had a good game. I thought Tom Pett was excellent as well. Really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean it, the the thing is for me, like you look at just to touch on Bozzy, um, it, it was it was that moment when you're you know you're three 0 up. You're not going to lose the game, and yet he still throws himself at the ball very late on to to stop a chance. And you think that's that's somebody that is, you know, for for want of a better phrase, that that's somebody that gives a shit. You know, you wouldn't catch. I, I don't know. You probably wouldn't catch some of the folks from from the Stags. Maybe you know, getting a throwing themselves at the ball that late on when they're you know, three and up. Mm. Um, 
No, I, I, I just I, I disagree, but I, I get your point. I get your point. I think it shows. Yeah, yeah, I get. I get the commitment. I, do, I don't think there's many players that wouldn't. Maybe if it's not County, I certainly think Stags would. And you know, it pains me to say it, but their their defenders are are excellent and are very well committed. Um, like Christian Pierce and Mel Benning have definitely put their bodies on the line. Um, but it does typify. Mm. I, I'd certainly take your point on board, you know, and I understand what it typifies. But clean sheets mean yeah. a lot, don't they? As well, goal difference might as well. Goal difference could be important. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's when the the goal difference tends to you know just start to tip in your favour, and it, it seems like it's gone to and fro between us and Barry for a while. And it's it's nice to have that, not quite a cushion, but we're we're getting there. And I think the fact that we've got at least a five point gap, depending on how their game in hand pans out. I think, well, you've said it in the blog, I think we've got one foot in League One now. Um, bookies have stopped taking bets on us going up. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's it's where we finish in, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's where we finish in the top two. I don't think we're going to slip to third. I don't think we're going to make it possibly, a, a, not a nail-biter, because as I say, I think by the time that the, um, by the time the MK Dons game comes around, we, we may well be, well, we'll be well on our way, at, depending on the way the results go this weekend. But um, have you seen the fixtures this yeah. weekend? It's massive. Some massive games yeah. this weekend it, for for the teams around us. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's getting exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm beginning to enjoy it a little bit now. It's easier to enjoy when you've got a however many point cushion, isn't it? A, a three goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, Mansfield at Exeter this weekend, by the way, and they'll 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 get a point there max. Forest Green and MK mm. Dons. Forest Green are desperate to hang on; they could do the Dons. I mean, even Berry have got a tough one at home to Swindon. You know, Swindon are still harbouring mm. hopes of the playoffs. It's getting exciting. It is very much so. And yeah, we so. should pick up three points against Segway time. We- yeah, there we go. See, that was slick. That was very slick. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to to the Macclesfield game. Um, it's um, actually before we do, I just want a bit of a, a mere culpa because I I said I said last week that I thought Saturday was going to be a tough game, and I was very 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 happy to be proven wrong. Um, it I don't know what it was. There was just some sort of there was something niggling away in my mind, just going, "No, oh, we're not going to win this one. We're not going to win this one." But I mean, yeah, to to. To, to come away with with three goals, and we didn't actually talk about Kean Bolger's goal because I think it was an incredibly uh, lax display of defending that, <laughs> that led to the goal. Um, let's be honest, it was um, you know he just sort of managed to saunter around and, and nod home as if there was no one there because there wasn't. Um, so um, yeah, so let's move on to the Macclesfield game. Uh, like you say, it's a game that we should, in theory, win. It's a game that we should. You know, it'd be lovely to take three points from, and and depending on results of the other ones, it could well lead us to. Um, well, I mean, it, it could lead us to to potentially getting promoted at MK Dons. It just depends on the permutations of everything going on. But um, you've got a couple of notes about Macclesfield, have you not? Of course, I have. There you go. You <laughs> <laughs> All that wide point out before I go into Macclesfield too deeply is that they've lost two. Uh, in their last seven matches against Berry and MK Dons. Draw me crew, draw me Colchester, draw me Crowley, Crowley, Crawley, <laughs> uh, and drawn with Stevenage. Now, that's an interesting one, drawing 2-2 with Stevenage. Um, I say it every week, but they're no mugs. You know, mm. And at this stage, if it was 
Notts County coming to us, um, I would be saying it would be a relatively straightforward game. But Macclesfield look like they're staying up to me. Um, now, they've got games coming up against Morecambe at home, uh, Port Vale away, Cambridge at home. So they've got opportunities to get points. They're going to come for a draw. Um, so they're going to set up very defensively, you would imagine. Uh, but, you know, they've been on a good run and I thought it was worth pointing out. Now, when they played away at Yeovil the other week, played quite an interesting 4-1-3-2 formation, um, or they certainly seem to line up that way uh, early doors. Uh, and there's a couple of players that I just want to pick out for Macclesfield who, who I'm particularly impressed with. Uh, the goalkeeper, Kieran O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a blinder when we went down there, and then I think dropped her. If I remember, dropped one and uh, come out for a corner late on that he shouldn't have done, and, and we got a last minute winner through Jason Shackle. Uh, he's a Man United kid. Mm. Um, if you know your football in the Championship, Sam Johnson, Dean Henderson, who were both ex Man United keepers, Henderson was obviously Shrewsbury last year. O'Hara is the next one down, so next year he'll be probably loaned out League One, etc. Um, but he's got a big future, that boy, and I think he, he could have a say. Uh, in the midfield, they've got a name from our National League days. Now, people might not remember it, but he caught my eye when we beat Chester in the dying uh, embers of that season, uh, Elliot Jarrell. Now, I really like Jarrell. I think he's he's got a little bit of culture on the ball. He's hard-working. Uh, he's a League 2 midfielder, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about someone that's going to go on and play championship football here. But he's somebody that I think has got that just that little bit of something to unlock. Uh, and I also like, they've got a kid called Ben Stevens. Now, Stevens is just 21 years old. He's not actually played that many games for them. Um, he was at Kettering and he was at Stratford Town as well. I think he scored 24 goals in 63 for Stratford. Um, in May of last year, he spent some time at the V9 Academy, you know, Jamie Vardy's um, academy, uh, turned professional and went okay. to Macclesfield in the summer. And he's slowly but surely emerging as a player who I think could have a big future. He's only 21 years old. Uh, he was a, a youth player at Leicester City. He's also played for Oadby Town as well, um, which I think, and I might be wrong, okay. but I think maybe Stefan Oakes was somewhere around there. Um, but anyway, uh, really interesting player. Trialed with Coventry, Ipswich, Birmingham, one to watch out for. Uh, I can't see them playing a 4-1-3-2 when they come to us. I, uh, Sol Campbell, for me, being a player who's played higher up, I think will mix it up a bit. I think he's. He, I don't think when a manager drops down, they like to stick with just a four four two or something like that. I think that comes with experience of League Two, so I think he's going to come to us with a mm. different idea. I think he'll possibly play something like a four uh, and then a two, maybe a, a, I don't know, maybe a four one four one even something like that. I don't, if he goes two up front, he's going to commit suicide against Lincoln. Um, but we'll see. It'll be a really, really interesting game, and I am absolutely heartbroken that I'm going to miss it. Yeah, you're you're away, aren't you? You're heading off yeah. uh, tonight, I do believe. This is the last uh, last thing we're doing before the uh, before you disappear. So, yeah. But my neighbour is uh, former special forces, so if anyone thinks my house is going to be empty, you pop round because he wants nothing more than to take a prisoner. So. <laughs> There you go. So uh, no empty threats either, I'm guessing that was... Uh... Absolutely not, no. I mean, the last time I saw him, he popped his head over the fence and had made himself an axe. Wow. Uh, and I thought it was one to chop wood. It's not. It looks like it's one to chop horses. So that's quite interesting. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. Enough <laughs> about my neighbour. So yeah, what, what what are your thoughts on the Matt game? Um, I, I just think it's 
I mean, the, we've said they're all must wins at this point, and I, I genuinely forgotten that Sol Campbell was there. To be honest with you, um, it was. I think he's he's actually seemingly done quite well to to avoid the um, the sort of the circus, if you like, that that seems to follow around a lot of uh, ex Premiership players that become managers. Um, I know there was obviously. For, for slightly different reasons, but there was one with, that surrounded uh, Paul Scholes recently, and I think there's, I think there's a lot of there's a lot to be said for the fact that he seems to be just keeping his head down and, and getting on with it. And uh, I I actually think you might be right. I think they they've got it in them to stay up. And to be honest with you, I, I hope they do. You know, there, there's a there's something of a connection between the the clubs you know ourselves and Macclesfield obviously with with Keith and Butch and I think um, it it would be it would be nice to see them stay up um, I know it's a big ask but I I think they can but I don't think it's going to come at the expense of a win on Saturday I think uh, I, I think the lads are going to be more than up for it I think they've they've really started to to show a lot more in terms of form and a lot more in terms of um, just putting the fo- putting the foot down now and, and really keeping things going. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not too bad. And Charlie's making an appearance as well, so that makes a cat and a dog this week. Uh, I say it's interesting. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting. We've had a cat and a dog on the uh, on the on the pod this week. Special guests, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Uh, what I'd, I'd also point out about Macclesfield is that there seems to have been a real. Uh, uncertainty about the mm. team to play. So when they lost 3 away at Berry, you've got Kobe Arthur playing, who was obviously on loan here. Um, ben Stevens came on, I think, when they went uh, when they hosted Stevenage. Um, Elliot Durrell was in the team. A uh, lad called... Uh, sorry, uh, the, the lad at the back, uh, in the midfield, rather, Reese Cole, is on loan from Brentford. Played, he's been mm-hmm. in and out the side. There just seems to be a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, I think they'll stay up. I think they'll stay up because Yeovil are rubbish, uh, and I think Yeovil will go down. Yeah, they've been awful. They've been terrible. Um, and if you're a betting person, take uh, a Yeovil South End double because South End are doomed and they've tumbled from nowhere. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be an interesting game. Bear in mind they did get hammered when they went to Bury and they were beaten three 0 there. In reality, that's what most of our fans are going to be expecting, isn't it? Is another three 0 win. Yeah. Play like we did in the second half against Crawley, uh, and we win by more than two goals to nil. That's a bold, Fair bold. Enough. I know. Um, the key here is going to be getting, I think, Danny Rowe on the ball and running at them. Mm. Um, obviously, Bruno and Harry. I, I just think when you've got those three in in, in like a bank of three behind John Akindi, uh, I just think that we can be incredible. I think we've got so much pace, yeah. and the more I see Mark O'Hara, the more I see a player that I really like. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a going to be a good game, and I will be relying on you next Wednesday night to talk me through it. Absolutely, I will. And um, I think the the key thing that you said about Mark O'Hara as well that there's still this. Um, I don't think we talked about it. Was it last week that it it came out that there's the there's the option to buy at the end of the season? Yeah. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of Peterborough fans that are very unhappy about the situation because their midfield um, appears to be somewhat non-existent. I think uh, we've got a friend of uh, a friend of the wife's who's a Peterborough fan, and he was saying that they, um, you know, Woodyard's not played recently. He's sort of been absent from the side, and he's he's just 
he was shaking his head as to where the midfield was, and then the fact that they've potentially agreed to to sell Mark O'Hara is is well unreal, really. But there we don't go. Let, we'll, we'll take him if he's available. Don't bank on it. Don't bank on him definitely leaving with Darren Ferguson going back there. If we go up, I know that we stand every chance, but I, I, I you know, I don't know. And with Alex Woodyard, I think he's been playing, hasn't he? Um, I, I don't know if I don't know what was the wording that was used. I don't know if he was playing or if he just sort of gone a bit. A well, I'm not sure whether that was it was sort of relayed to me second or third hand. So um, I thought I thought I thought he had been, but if that's the case, yeah, he has, yeah, he has been playing. I've, I've just looked it up. Um, uh, okay. In actual fact, he's played. He's started 34 games for them this season. Um, here's an interesting question, and it's one I'm going to spring at you. Let's mm-hmm. say that the opportunity came for us to either sign Alex Woodyard or Mark O'Hara in the summer. Which would you prefer that we signed? Oh bloody hell! Um, While you're thinking about it, I'll give you my opinion. Yeah, Woody, all day long. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, Woody. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Woodyard fan. I thought he was great, but I, I really like what O'Hara is doing. I think he's, he's growing into the game every time he steps foot on the pitch. He's just been, he's been phenomenal. You know, paired up with, um, with O'Connor or whoever it is that he's put in the middle, he, he seems to be learning from whoever he's stuck there with, and he's just been. He's been great. That's a really tough question. Um, I, just to be contrary, I'll, I'll say I'll say O'Hara. Why not? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that actually brings us on. We we did mention the the ties between uh, be, between ourselves and Macclesfield with uh, with Big Keith. Brings us on to something that, uh, that that got posted on Twitter by the club today or yesterday, as you're listening to this, which was the uh, the Keith eleven. So. I think mine and yours were actually really, really similar. I think there's only possibly a couple of differences, but um, essentially the the club have put out um, a few different ones from from former imps and people that were uh, that were there. So let's have a look. We've got uh, Gary Taylor Fletcher's eleven. Um, so basically, it's it's the uh, the eleven players from Keith's era, i.e., the playoff era. Um, that former players have chosen. So Gary Taylor-Fletcher chose Mazarin goal with McCauley, Morgan and Futcher centre-backs, Ellison on the left, Bailey on the right, Gain and Butcher in midfield, Yeo, Taylor-Fletcher and Green up front. Um, let's have a look. Mm. Uh, we'll choose Frex next. Um, Frex had uh, Mazarin goal, a back four of Mayo, McCauley, McComb and Beavers, uh, Gain Butcher and Kerr in midfield, and Yeo Forrester and Taylor Fletcher up front. Okay, I'm going to stop you there uh, uh, for two things. Yep. Uh, love Freck to pieces. Uh, Keith would never play four at the back, so it, you know, no. can't. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I, I I I think I named the five at the back of mine. Uh, and secondly, yeah, uh, and we've we've given him a couple of mentions on the pod, and he's going to get another one today. Kev Barwise will be literally crying at the thought of anybody picking Scott Kerr in an all-time Keith Alexander eleven. Now, <laughs> what I want to ask is, and I don't know about the people that have picked it, but it, it, I'll ask you: Are we picking them on the players that they are now, the service that they give to Lincoln? After Keith left as well, or were we purely picking them on what they did for the team when Keith was here? See, I, I picked them based on how how I saw them at the time. So, like a, a a Keith eleven, so the players from when Keith was there, and 
yeah, basically what they did for for the club when Keith was there. So anybody like uh, I mean, and again, I'm not picking on somebody, but somebody uh, Matt Grafton on Twitter here has picked Lee Frecklington. Um, probably played about four games under Keith and really came into his own under John Schofield. So really, that's that you we wouldn't want to be picking Freck, would we? In that, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, it, it, if you're looking at where they are now or where they went on to then there are going to be players that will be in there all day long. You know, you've got the likes of Taylor Fletcher, you've got Gareth McCauley, who is still playing international football. Um, But for me, it's the, it's the 11 that were there at the time when, you know, when Keith was there and and what they did for the club and and all the rest of it. So So, um, what um, what we'll do, we'll, we'll run through, but before I say anything, you've got to buy the club program this week. Um, because, okay. and we'll touch on this in a little while. I was down at the uh, training ground yesterday uh, and I interviewed Jamie McComb for the program mm-hmm. talking about the Keith Alexander times. And he comes out with a fantastic pair of stories about Keith uh, and the way that he managed players, he managed Gary Taylor Fletcher and the way he managed a, a Richard Butcher incident. Absolute must read. Cool. Okay, I'll pick that up. Can you pick me one up as well? Um, yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> You don't get a free one if you're writing in it. No, I'm not there, am I? Ah, oh, shocking. Anyway, um, yeah, so we'll we'll run through our 11s. And um, I went with essentially the, the, the formation that Keith would have picked, yeah. which was 5-2-3, um, you know, with, with essentially wing backs. But uh, we'll we'll start with the keeper. I think we went with the same keeper. Uh, Simon Rayner, the Canadian lad, he was quality, absolute quality. He used to live opposite me at Newtoft. Once found out I was poacher and came up to me and he said, do you live out at Newtoft? I went, yeah, he goes, I live opposite. You don't think I'm round. And that was it. <laughs> never, never spoke to him after that. So, uh, <laughs> Stick to my... But no, I think we, we both... Have yeah, whether I speak, stick to my Twitter one or not, I don't know because I'm going to do it off the top of my head again. But yeah, Mazza, without a doubt. Best keeper I've seen in years at Lincoln. Yeah, yeah uh, it was... Yeah, it, it was a no-brainer for that one. Um, well, then we'll go with a left-back. Now, I think me and you differed here um, slightly. I went with Paul Mayo and you said Bimo. Yeah, I, I, do you know what? In terms of actual quality, it would be Kevin Ellison, and I know quite a few people went for Ellison. Um, but it would be really harsh on some of the players that served Keith's team a lot longer and a lot with a lot more diligence. Um, now, Bimo actually only played one season under Keith because he left after that first playoff era. Uh, but I, I really liked Stuart Bimson, um, really liked him. I was never sold on Paul Mayo. Uh, I know that a lot of people have rated him. He went on and had a really good career and I'm perhaps being a little bit harsh because he scored some cracking goals as well. So, you know, three good players there. Yeah, in my opinion, um, and this is a, a slight, not quite a spoiler, but a, a bit of a tease for something that we're talking about for the close season. Um, Paul Mayo scored... One of my favourite, if not my favourite goal that I've ever seen at Central Bank, um, and for that he'll always have a he'll always have a, a special place. Also, um, was was quite interesting. Was uh, I used to um, I used to work up at Netlam um, doing IT stuff, and it was always quite funny. Um, there's two stories I can tell about that. Actually, uh, there was um, th- there was always the time when it's like you know you're talking to someone, and then it's like oh yeah, it's uh, it's, it's Paul Mayer. It's like well, I remember you when you played for Lincoln, and I've got to stay professional because that's what I've got to do. But you were you, you did the thing, and you scored one of my favourite goals. He's like, yeah, can you reset my password, please? Um, and that was essentially that was essentially how it was. Um, 
It's a loose definition of the word interest in there, Ben. Oh, come off it. What some of the stories <laughs> you've told? Fucking hell. <laughs> Um, there is a similar one as well involving Alan Marriott because he uh, he went on to be a Sparky, and um, he came into yeah. he came into our office once and uh, he was saying, "Oh, yeah, right here to do the uh, here to do the aircon," um, and sort of looked around and I turned around and sort of sat on my uh, or sat on my chair, turned around and just went, "Oh, you're Alan Marriott." He went, "Yep," and then just carried on fitting the air conditioning. Um, yeah, didn't want to no. embarrass myself I mean- anymore. I once went into a taxi rank and Jason Barnett was serving. I was, I'd had a few and I went, bloody hell, you used to be Jason <laughs> Barnett. And he told me to F off. I had to go and get a cab somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, right back in this. Sorry, <laughs> right back. Wow. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I saw Jason Barnett walking down the street the other day and I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. Where are we? Uh, what was mine? Right back. Right yes, back. right back. I think we both went for Mark Bailey. Obviously. Yeah. Very, very limited footballer, but my God, you'd want him on your team in a fight, wouldn't you? And I've heard some stories about him I can't possibly repeat. <laughs> uh, and it seems to me that, yeah, the, Mark Bailey was was quite a man, quite a player. So, yeah, absolutely no doubt at all. I can't even think anyone else that played right back. Lee Beavers did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, Colin Cryan as well, who we would never oh, ever pick. Christ, oh, that was a name I'd forgotten about. Bloody hell. Um, so centre backs, we've then got. Uh, I think you went with three. I think we went for the same three um, with McCoom, Morgan, and McCauley. Who's your um, favourite? Yeah, I mean, I think they're three no-brainers, really, aren't they? I think Paul Morgan was one of the best defenders that I've seen at Central Bank, and the best, the yeah, best. I mean, I was, I was going to say yeah. until this season, um, but no. Oh, okay, fair enough. No, but Paul Morgan, I, do you know what? And I got pulled up on this the other week. Paul Morgan is the finest central defender I've ever seen in a Lincoln shirt. Now, I didn't see Trevor Peak, and I didn't see that that era. I started going when we had uh, Trevor Mattison and players like that. But Paul Morgan, he had the reading of the game. He was only six foot. He wasn't particularly tall. But that first season when we went to uh, the Millennium Stadium, we had Ben Futcher, who uh, could head a ball brilliantly, scored plenty of goals, may as well have had shovels for feet Simon Weaver who were an ex-professional I speak to yesterday genuinely described him as somebody that in training would accidentally stand on your feet and it would be an accident but that's what he was he was only good because he'd get close to you and stick to you like poo to a blanket (laughs) and then you had Paul Morgan that just carried it through I mean, he was he was the Rolls Royce of defenders, and the reason he didn't play higher is probably because he lacked a tiny bit of pace. But I mean, I remember bumping into David Moyes in Waitrose before a game one day. When I say bumping into him, seeing him down one aisle, hiding out the other one, going bloody hell, it's Skeletor. Um, <laughs> but he was he was apparently watching Paul Morgan that game, and oh, wow. he'd had him at Preston, and he was watching him for Everton. Um, f- absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal central defender. Yeah. Um, and then the other two, uh, McComb and McCauley. I think Gareth McCauley would would walk into any uh, any Lincoln City eleven, pretty much from from more or less from history, um, especially where he is now. Um, scored some scored some very important goals for us. Scored some uh, well, kept a lot out as well. Uh, he, he was just he was a bit of a colossus, really, wasn't he, McCauley? And he was um, mm. the time that he had at Lincoln was really impressive. Um, bit harsh on Nat Brown who had the world's longest wrist injury (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we've got uh, the slowest, the slowest player on FIFA 19, Jamie McCoon, who I don't know if he was that much pacier back in the day, but he did exactly what he needed to do. And again, another absolute beast at central defence. So top lad as well, top lad even now. Yeah, um, Jamie, absolutely. So then the the, the middle two um, again. I think we've gone for exactly the same. Uh, we've got Butch and Peter Gain. Um, Peter Gain. I think one of your favourite players of all time for Lincoln. Absolutely. Uh, I was just actually going to have a flick through and see if there was anybody that hadn't picked Peter Gain because if there wasn't, I was going to block him um, <laughs> because there was again. I, I talked about Paul Morgan. Peter Gain was the Rolls Royce of midfielders. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal and I think what he lacked was confidence in himself Mm. I think that's why he didn't play at a higher level Um, you know spoke to him a couple of times back then you know drunkenly on night outs and he was always a very kind of reserved um, quiet one might say shy individual and I think that that showed through but when he was on form when he waved that wand of a right foot even Harry Potter would stand back and go that is magic because that's how good he was Whatever. Left foot, Gary. Whatever. I was going to say foot and right foot has just dropped in there. Um, So left foot, yeah. Bollocks. You're just trying to get me back from the interesting jargon. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> well done. That's it. You've done it. Um, that, he was phenomenal. When he when he, when he he waved his, whichever foot he waved, um, he was great. <laughs> I remember a game against uh, Hartlepool. I think it was the first mm. the first playoff year and he ran the show. They were top of the league at the time and I think they got promoted that season as well. And we beat them 2-0. Could have been 4-6 um, on the night. It was end-to-end. And Peter Gaines scored an absolute perler. Such a good footballer. And then Richard Butcher, and that speaks for itself. Um, you yeah. know, the career he went on, the goals he scored for Notts County. Had he not gone to Oldham, we might even have gone up the following season. Um, another lovely lad as well. Yeah, um, but yes, it was. Uh, I think all the players that they um, that the club tweeted out um, had Gain and Butch in midfield. Um, I think there was two that put Freck in as well, and then uh, Freck put Scott Kerr in. Um, which, yeah, you know, fair play. It's it's your own opinion. Um, and then up <laughs> top, up top, I think that was where we slightly differed as well. Um, I went with Taylor Fletcher, Yeo, and Jamie Forrester, and I think you went with Forrester, Taylor Fletcher, and Green. Mm. So yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, you thought, uh, why would you leave Simon Yeo out of a Keith eleven, given given how it was? And I know it's probably a leading question because I know the answer before you've said it. Well, there you go. And he scored. He scored a few goals. Um, he did. And he had very long periods where he was ineffective. And I liked Simon Yeo. I liked him because he was honest. He was an honest professional. Um, I liked him because he was uh, committed and, and popped up sometimes at the right time. don't actually think he was a fantastic footballer. I really don't. And I, I liked mm. Franny Green. I really I, I thought that um, thought technically Green was a better player. Um, that that year where Taylor Fletcher Green and Yeo banged all the goals was was that two thousand and four oh five? Uh, where I think yeah, was it the first or the second playoff season? It was the third playoff season. I think when they when they all really really put the the, the ball in the back of the net. I might have been wrong. I'll look it up in a second. Um, yeah. But between them, they scored a ridiculous amount of goals. Uh, and Yeo in that season was absolutely phenomenal. But in that first playoff season, let's not forget he scored seven, and I think four of them or three of those came in the playoffs, didn't they? 
Um, mm. And look, I'm not being critical of him. And he, he has a, a cult hero status for a reason. And I really like Simon. But um, it was he scored 21. Gary Taylor Fletcher scored 10. And Franny Green scored eight. Oh, I thought Green scored more than that. Oh, well, I'm not changing my choice. Oh, Adrian Littlejohn played for us that year. Maybe I should change my choice. <laughs> so. There we go, you see. And you, so, go on, you, you um, sell me on Yayo. Well, I, I just think that in terms of what he did um, at that time, he was, I think, he, he popped up at the right moment towards the end of that, the first playoff season. Um, it was kind of, for me, it was the way that, that season came about, you know, the, the start of the season with, you know, save the club and save the imps and, and the march and trying to get everybody on board and going into administration when we did and kind of getting admittedly a bit of publicity around that, which kind of helped, helped kind of spur things on. Um, the fact that that, that season was, it, it led to getting to Cardiff and, and the fact that Yeo kind of had those, he had the big goals and I know it's I know it's not looking at the bigger picture but the fact that he then went on to have the season that he did where he was banging in goals left right and center as well as having those goals at, you know for, for the playoffs it it was just if you if you say to me name you know come up with a, a, a center forward or a striker from that period of time from Keith Alexander's teams Simon Yeo is the first name that comes out of my mouth every single time and when you see him, like you, you'll see him at the ground, you can't help but smile because it brings back all of those memories. It just brings back everything that was that, that was great about that era. And I think for me, that the goal he scored against Scunthorpe when he took it uh, when we were at Glanford Park and he, he took it, just kind of ran with it and and you know put it away. I can I can remember everything about that goal. I close my eyes. I can remember more or less exactly where I was sat. I can remember exactly the. I can remember the ball hitting the back of the net, and I can remember everybody going absolutely mental when he when he scored. Um, and it, it it was just that sort of crystal moment for me where Simon Yeo, if you like, I say if you said pick out a player from from Keith's eleven to to put in a squad, Simon Yeo is the first name that comes out of my mouth. Um, and that that's why for me he's in he's in my eleven, but. Yeah, interesting. He also fair. scored seven for Macclesfield as well, didn't he? Hmm. Played for Macclesfield, less less professional team he played for, and scored uh, scored seven, scored against us for Macclesfield as well. Interestingly, um, I think what you got to point fair out enough. that season, he, he, he one thing and, and uh, do you know what on that night and the, the Scunthorpe game, I absolutely agree with you one hundred percent when he scored that goal. You know. He, he epitomised everything that was good. Don't forget the next season wasn't the one where he scored the 21. The next season, he just, he let that rush of blood and got sent off against Oxford. Um, I, look, Simon Yeo is a legend. He's an absolute legend. If there's beer in my fridge, he's welcome to come round and drink it. And that, that happened. You know, I, I won't hear bad word against him, but we were, I was picking a team that I thought would perform well as a, as an actual team. And I just, I liked Franny Green and I, you know, maybe maybe controversial. What I also liked was that I think we paid a fee for Green mm. from Peterborough, and it was one of those first signings where we. It was what he stood for as well because we we purchased him. It wasn't a freebie. Mm. It wasn't a cast off. And all the freebies and cast offs, bar you know, some of them came good. I mean, Niall McNamara mm. didn't, um, or Rory <laughs> May, or or Ellis Remy, or, uh, or Rory Maurice May. Sterling. Bloody hell, that's yeah. a name. 
Uh, yeah, or Ooh. Peter Folks, or uh, I could go on and on and on. Um, but he, yeah, we paid for him, and that signified something to me. And I, I liked, he played with a cockiness, and he perhaps yeah. didn't get uh, the recognition that he deserved because he didn't score as many goals. And because we used to go quite long, and what's ironic is we used to go quite long without a target man. Um, and, you know, there was Gary Taylor Fletcher. And, and I, I, you know, the way that we're looking in terms of timing, I think that there's, there's a lot more legs in this. Gary Taylor Fletcher is with Paul Morgan and uh, Pete again, simply one of the finest players to pull on a Lincoln shirt in my lifetime. Um, dare I say a little lazy? Dare I say that perhaps, you know, could Oof. slash should have done more at Lincoln? What was the season where he... Um, he kind of started off banging goals in for fun and then didn't score again. I think it was 2004-05 where he uh, uh, didn't he, he, he score in the first the first 10 matches. I know he scored or the first six matches. Scored away certainly at Shrewsbury on the opening day um, and then just tailed off. Uh, and he, he uh, this is going to sound really controversial, but both him and Simon Yeo, disappeared after we beat Scunthorpe 2-0 in the March. It was on the sky. Um, we ripped them apart. Him and Yale were absolutely superb. Uh, and then after that, neither of them scored, I don't think, in that season. We ended up losing to Southend. And I feel that they both kind of knew they were moving on. I think Yale went to New Zealand. Taylor Fletcher went to Huddersfield. But, you know, we'd won 4-1 away at Rushton. We'd won 2-1 at home to Scunthorpe. We'd be... Uh, well, we were doing really well, and then we we then struggled, and we looked lacklustre. Um, lost three 0 to Yeovil on the closing day. We could have gone up automatically. Uh, but fantastic footballer. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that was the that was the thing for me was that the, just losing out on the automatics mm. was was harsh. Was. Um, and then the f- and let's not forget that I think I think the underlying reason that we didn't beat Southend that day is because we were you know I think we were a goal down or two down at that point and uh, you know Keith God love him for everything he did for the club but he took off two strikers and put two defenders on. And- we were drawing at that point um, and it, it, it was yeah. extra time and we didn't have on the bench we had uh, Asamoah Hanlon, Bloomer Beavers and Rainer because we only had five on the bench and he Taylor Fletcher came mm. off for Matt Bloomer and Franny Green came off for Lee Beavers. And I think what Keith then wanted to do was get was some it. physicality forward. Um, had, I mean, I'm, look, I could talk about this all night, but had Marcus Richardson and Kieran Toner not beat the crap out of each other after training, they would have been in that squad. Marcus Richardson comes on, gives us an extra boost. And that was a really good South End mm. side. I mean, they had, um, okay, they had Nicky Nicolau. Uh, but they had Freddie Eastwood, they had Kevin Mayer, they had Mark Bentley, they had Duncan Jupp. Yeah, real, real quality. Um, and to hold them for as long as we did and have a perfectly good Simon Yeo goal ruled out, he wasn't offside. Um, but moving on from them, we've, we've obviously yeah. both picked Jamie Forrester, which is really interesting because um, in actual fact, Forrester played very, very few games uh, for Lincoln under Keith Alexander. See, and that- we've kind of... Go I- on. I was gonna say that was the thing. Like when we were looking at it, I I, ha- I almost had to look at the dates. In fact, I did just to double check. I was like, did Forrester play that much under Keith? And I I kind of went, huh, I I couldn't figure it out. But then yes, he did. He came for um he came on loan under Keith initially, and then I think uh, was he did Keith? Did he play that full season? No, next season? he arrived. 
no, he didn't play full season for Keith. What I always think is quite ironic is that Keith Alexander's entire time at Lincoln City was epitomised by his search for the perfect striker. And I mean, he had Taylor Fletcher, he had Yeo, he had Franny Green, he had Marcus Richardson, but he always wanted to bring in somebody who made a difference. And he brought in Jamie Forrester Mm. uh, in March 2006, who scored against Grimsby after signing on loan. Uh, He scored seven goals for us before the end of the season in about eight or nine games, I think, uh, including in two and a three and a win at Wickham. Um, Didn't manage to score in the playoff uh, semi-finals and obviously we lost to to Grimsby. But when you look at the side that lost to Grimsby, Mm. and again, no disrespect to some of these players, Nat Brown, uh, Marvin Robinson started up front. Uh, We had a very young Lee Frecklington on the bench, Colin Cryan, Gary Birch, Jeff Hughes, and this was before Hughes. You know, Hughes was lightweight in his first season. And I thought, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a classic Lincoln side by the end. Uh, but what I liked about Forrester and what I'll always like yeah. about Forrester was he made up for his loss of pace with just abs- just, just pure intelligence. He was so intelligent as a footballer, it was yeah. unreal. Yeah, and I think that was the thing for me where I, I was I was actually quite surprised that more people didn't, didn't go from in their uh, in their 11s but he 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 was one of the best strikers that I've seen at uh, uh, since bank during that period um he was just like you say he, he was on another level to me um but there we go so that, they are our Keith 11s uh, let us know yours if you've uh, if you've picked them already or if you haven't um then pick one and, and let us know um just very, very briefly, because I know we're we're running up close to, if not past the forty-five minute mark at this point. Um, I've had a couple of people ask if we're going to touch on the team of the season um, award or the the, the League Two Eleven. Um, I think, I mean, you you sort of made it pretty clear in in the blog that you did, and I think it's a very well measured blog, and I, I, I agree with pretty much all of it. I just think. Where it is, um, is that it's it's been voted for by the other managers. I think you're not going to get the likes of you know Mr. Flickcroft turning up and going, oh yes, well Danny Cowley is very clearly the best manager in the league. You're not going to get Mark Cooper giving all of our players praise, um, and instead he'll he'll you know say, oh well Mansfield and Bury are the two best sides in the league. It's like, of course they are, Mark. That's why we're top. Um, it's a little bit Millwall. It's a little bit you know no one likes us, we don't care kind of thing, and. It, it's initially when I saw it, I was a bit pissed off. I was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" There's only two Lincoln players in the team this season. There's four Mansfield players. Surely that means Mansfield have won the league. And then I looked at it and went, "But if we do win the league, or if we do go up, then none of this actually means jack. It's it, it's fair enough. Like that's they are the votes of other teams. So, meh, sod it. Let's just move on and let's focus on us. And I think that's what Danny said." Um, about the league table, and I think that's what we need to do with this. But yeah. should only have been allowed to pick one player from every team. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, but yeah, I, you know what? Don't care. Don't care. If our players are in it, brilliant, fair play. You know, it's nice that they've got that recognition. But if we're not, we're not. And it's it, again, it's not that only one title that matters. It's it's opinion, and um, yeah, the managers collectively are welcome to their opinion. I'm not going to start getting yeah. angry about that. Uh, I used to yeah. used to really hurt me. The PFA one that was voted for by other players used to really anger me 
when Mar- Alan Marriott wasn't picked year after year as the best keeper. And I seem to remember Chris Wheel, I think he was at Yeovil, kept getting picked. You know, yeah. Looking back now, he's probably a better keeper. He's probably just, you know, <laughs> get the old rose-tinted spectacles on, don't we? I mean, to me, I was actually genuinely surprised that there weren't any players from other teams that were included. I think you mentioned Reese Brown in your article. I think he's a fantastic player that should be in that team. He's the, I think he's the only player that's on double figures for goals and assists. Um, and Chuck Zanike, I think he was one that I think should be in there as well. Mm. But, mm. yeah. Kieran Agard. Yeah. Neil Bishop, another Mansfield player. Bishop's had a great season for Mansfield. Mm. And the thing, the other thing is, if you look at those Mansfield players, three of the four, you'd gladly have in our squad. Mm. Gladly. Probably not Mal Benning, I think. But again, he might get a game. But also look at the positions of it as well. You know, Bosley in midfield, Benning plays on the left of a of a three usually, and they've got him in left back, I think. So yeah. it, it is what it is. Social media lets everybody get angry quite quickly, doesn't it, these days? Yeah. That's, uh, uh, as Danny said, if we weren't talking about that, we'd probably be talking about Brexit. But we're not going to do that because it's a football podcast. Anyway, anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, if you want to get bits in for the fanzine, please do. As you know, I'm away this weekend, but I'm finishing the fanzine next week. So um, anybody who wants to get anything in, it needs to be with me really by Wednesday. Otherwise, it's not going to go in. And we're hoping to release, I think we'll miss the Cheltenham game, but we're hoping certainly to release Tranmere. So. Cool. Oh, and uh, okay. if you look on some of the blogs... I've now put a secondary box on there so that you can vote for the podcast in the FBAs uh, as well as the blog. Um, so I'll, I'll try and make sure I'm, I'm going to be putting an article up, a, a, a Jamie McCoom article either tonight or ready for tomorrow, um, which is going to be today as you listen to this, if you're listening to it on Thursday. Uh, so if you look for the Jamie McCoom article, you'll be able to vote for the podcast in the FBAs as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it'd be really cool if we could get there. I know you've been before, and it's uh, it's going to be one of those interesting nights. I think I'd, I'd be more than up for for heading along, even if uh, even if the podcast isn't nominated. I think if you're willing to have me along for a couple of bevies, that'd be good fun. Yeah, so, sound well. It's like I've said. I mean, it's I the nomination. The nominated blog usually gets a free ticket, uh, and then after that, it tends to be because you get a meal and that sort of thing. But obviously, if the podcast gets nominated as well, then it'll be two of us getting a, a free trip up there to the Etihad, I believe very it's at nice. this time around. Anyway. I think it's at the Etihad. So, cool. Ooh, very nice. But yeah, well, uh, I think what we should probably do is if we do get there, we should probably do like a live pod when we're there. That'd be quite fun after yeah. about eight pints, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> we shall see. Be a good one. Anyway, yes, um, I think that's going to do is I don't really have anything to plug other than the gaming stuff, but I haven't really done a huge amount on there this past few weeks because I've been knackered since I did that uh, Marathon Charity live stream. I think I said thank you to everybody that donated. We raised 1,500 quid in the end, so cheers. Um, yes, right, that's going to do us for the week, and uh, we will see you next week where we'll look ahead to taking about 5,000 people to Milton Keynes, hopefully. Uh, so, yes. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers, chats. The 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.